0: Hey, everybody. We are Clarity United Together, back at you with another another cool discussion. Um, So I wanted to start off by asking a question to to Jay, because I know we're both um, in school, in a STEM field, and the biggest question that I think I have is, I mean, I'm a white woman in STEM, and I already, to an extent, feel um, discriminated against sometimes, and I just was curious what your experience in a STEM field is being um, not only a woman, but um, a black woman as well. Yeah. Um, So just a bit of background. I, I moved to Virginia, Northern Virginia uh, when I was like 10. Um, And as you can imagine up here, you're next to like so You you have opportunity and you're, it's very diverse up here as well. Um, That being said, the, the first, like, Overt memory I have of being kind of discriminated against, just as far as academics go, is sixth grade <laughs> when um, my my science teacher, like she, I think she saw my quiz grade or my I think my report card or something, and she was like walking by the classroom, and she was like, "Oh, like you have all A's" or like, "Oh, you got an A," and it was one of those microaggressions. But for me, like my parents and growing up, my teachers have always been very encouraging, and I never doubted that I was smart, which is, I think, something that a lot of Black women probably don't get raised with, so I was, I'm very blessed in that respect, um, but that, that's the first time I noticed, like, am I expected to not do well, and so, um, honestly, I, I think that, like, kind of went into my consciousness, and, um, now I'm just very, very competitive and, like, kind of overachieved, like, I'm sure, like, a bunch of people in this chat do, um, but specifically, as far as STEM goes. And so growing up, um, you, you, I go through high school, and um, my high school is very diverse, but then I get to college and I'm at a PWI, and I am, if I, if I remember correctly, I'm one of two Black women. And we're not even, we're not like, quote unquote, full Black women. Like, both of us are mixed in some respect. And so that's also like a whole other <laughs> um, discussion, I think. Um, but... I definitely do see when I walk into a room, many of my classes, it's the first thing I see, especially on the first day of school, which maybe other black men in this in this group can, can notice. Like when you walk into a room, like you're gonna see, okay, who who looks like me in here? Uh, no one. Um, <laughs> that's definitely like as a black woman in STEM or as a Hispanic woman in STEM, um, both are true for me. Um, it's very rare. And for, for me personally, it makes me more competitive. Um, I don't see myself as a victim, um, not that that's wrong or things are being done to me, but I do notice it, and um, it pushes me harder to prove people wrong, um, which I think anyone can probably relate to. If someone doubts you, you like, oh, okay, I'm going to show you, you know, what I can do. Um, and it shouldn't be like that way, but whatever gets it done, for me, I think, like, or in STEM or in school, whatever, if I get the you – if know, I achieve, then whatever. Um, Now, going back to this, the whole mixed idea, like I think at our school, especially, I don't know that I know any darker skinned women in my, in my major. Um, There are some in computer science, but I do think that's something to be said there because just me being a lighter skinned black woman affords me a, um, what's that word, a privilege of just being lighter skinned. So I'm closer in proximity to whiteness. So I'm just more favored. And I realize that and it bothers me. (laughs) Like it makes me so angry. And so I realize, I do realize that I am favored over a darker skinned black woman, which shouldn't be the case. And I'm probably more prevalent in STEM for that reason as well. Um, At least in my major at our school. So um, overall, it pushes me to do better. Um, but there are definitely expectations for you to fail as a woman and then, again, as a black woman. So, yeah, I don't know <laughs> what do people have to say about that. Actually, I do have another commentary. For, uh, also, for me, um, I don't know about you guys, but I, I'm a nerd, but, like, people don't guess that when they meet me. <laughs> and so being a black woman or a Hispanic woman, for me, I'm longing for the culture within the STEM field. And so it's annoying to walk into or to go into my major, or my classrooms, whatever, and everyone's very like, I only study, I don't do anything else. And I'm like, okay, I'm also a person and I want to be with other people who have similar experiences and that's um, few and far between. So that's also a kind of a, I think a challenge for any black woman, Hispanic woman, any minority, I think. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for sharing, Jay. I I love you you so much. (laughs) That I don't know if you saw my jaw drop when you said you were one of two women of color on your campus. Yeah. No. Not. No. 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 Not campus. Oh my God. No. No, not campus. It's oh, oh, okay. my, my major. My, so biochemistry. Oh. <laughs> still. Oh my God. No, that would be, that would be awful. We may have an issue there. No, either so way, but still, yes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I actually have a question. Okay. Um, you had mentioned that, uh, hitting on like the, the idea that you said you felt, or you had seen a bit more favoritism, or you've seen examples of favoritism, um, yes. over darker skinned women.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: Maybe with yourself or maybe not with yourself. Yeah. Why is that? Why are you favored over a darker skinned woman? I'm just curious.
0: Uh, from what I've learned from what I've been reading and from seeing it, um, people of all colors, there's a stigma against black women. Oh my gosh. It's, it's awful. It is awful. Like um, they're seen as trashy. They're hypersexualized. I think I read a number as early as four. That is ugly, absolutely awful. Um, And there's this stigma that all they're good for is like sexual things um, or hair, braiding. It's very stigmatized and they can't be these, these like complicated, a normal woman. Like you have to be a black woman. You can't just be a woman type of thing, you know? And so, I just think that, I think there's this stigma and it's, and it's within the culture and it's perpetuated by the country that we're in. Um, but I think people of all color, like this is not just white people who have a stigma against black women. I think black men also have a stigma against black women, um, that they're loud, they're angry, all these things. Um, and so me being lighter, I'm guessing just, say, oh, she's, a, she's not, she's probably not what I think a black woman is. She's probably... She has some flavor, but she's um, not a black woman. I think that's, I feel like that's the narrative that any lighter skinned woman has. And I don't i don't understand, like, I don't understand. I do understand, like, the, how it happened, but it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Um, but I've definitely seen it. And um, I'm angry that it took me long to see it. I just kind of wrote on, oh, they think I'm cute. They think I'm pretty. Until I realized, like, okay, why? <laughs> like, why do you think I am and not someone who maybe has my same features but is darker, you know, that type of thing.
1: Yeah. It's very it's very interesting that you bring that up because I feel like something that we live with and that is more um, – a more familiar jargon that we use is what people call a pretty girl privilege. Um Yeah. I feel- that's actually that's actually a branch off of that idea that the darker, the uh, le- the 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 less appealing you are. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And yeah. the crazy thing is, is like I think it was my brother. He actually had me read some documentation from our history. Um, for those of you that don't know, the Willie Lynch letter. Now, you may have learned about it in school. Um, you may have heard about it, but it's a total another thing to actually be an adult. And to actually read through that letter. Because that letter is explanation as to why we cannot unite. The very thing that we're doing on this camera right now, that letter is explanation for how it would keep all of us separate based on these physicalities for generations to come. So I encourage you guys, if you have not read it in a while, or if you have not read it at all, pick up the Willie Lynch letter because it's very important to read and it will give you perspective on just how... Um, dark and how ugly the mindset was behind uh social interaction and the social experience in regards to socializing the ways in which people think and how they internalize things and how they perceive things so it was it was very interesting to me that you brought that up because i was just having that conversation with a friend of mine about the willie lynch letter
0: wow yeah
1: uh perry um you know as somebody I'm, i'm gonna be honest like i don't really know much about that. Can you just give us some background as to like what that is? Because I think that for, you know, people watching this, they might wanna actually go and look into that in the future. Yeah, so basically, um, the Willie Lynch letter was documentation that was drawn up, I believe, and don't quote me, but I believe it was was by one of the slave owners. It was drawn up and it was documented. And basically what this was, was this was a, um, this was a structured way for them to build what we see now as organizations and major corporations, but this was a structured way for them to build plantations off of the backs of black people. And this was a way to make sure or to instill that, that mindset of the slave mentality, superior versus inferior, um, the slave versus the owner, the property versus the property owner. This letter was a way to instill that we would, view others and ourselves in a way that would keep us separated for generations to come so there's a lot that goes into that um that letter actually a lot of the time that I was reading the letter I felt like I was reading the letter about how to train an animal that's actually the crazy thing about the letter because it's the language that is used in there they're very clear they're very direct which is what makes it so ugly Because they're talking about how to train humans. So it's like, yo, to give you guys an example, it's like, yo, if you want to um, teach a lesson to a group of slaves, what you do is you take the strongest one, you strip him down in front of everybody, and you physically break his spirit. You whip him or you do whatever in front of everybody else so that they can see. You break down the strongest one. And that way, if you break down the strongest one, you send a message to the rest. Don't do this or this will happen. Don't do that or that will happen. But also the Willie Lynch letter goes a little bit further and it goes into how they would separate slaves from themselves. And this was based on um, physical features. So one of them and the most prevalent is our skin color. And so that letter was written to separate us. The light skin don't like the dark skin. Dark skin don't like the light skin. So basically it was an idea that was created and it was planted in our mind and it has grown. And now we have all of these biases that we have to sift through and get out of the way when we're dealing with people where it's like, yo, I don't really rock with what this person does or I don't really like this person. And you might ask somebody like, yo, why don't you like that person? And I've asked people this and they say, you know what? I really don't know. That's what it is. <laughs> That's what it is. That's the Willie Lynch letter. It's planted. It's like conception.
2: And So again, I think Max, thanks for asking that. And Perry, thank you for that phenomenal explanation. I mean, that's crazy. I've never even heard of that. And like, I think that we have to seriously look at taking a look at what history we're teaching to some extent as well. And that's pretty valuable stuff. And I just wanted to give a quote to everybody to kind of, I believe an active listening and active reading and some quotes and, and like Perry said, and perfectly described the language in this is abhorring. It's scary. It's very scary. Even just looking at this, it says, uh, In my bag here, I have a foolproof method for controlling your black slaves. I guarantee every one of you that installed, if installed correctly, it will control your slave for at least 300 years. So this was a like literal generational thing. Again, I'm not speaking from like, oh, I'm a great researcher on this. What I'm gathering and what Perry just so masterfully and wonderfully said is like, this is a thing that was literally trying to lay a foundation for hundreds of years, to some extent it worked. I mean, I'm not saying like woohoo, it worked, but I mean, look where we are and what, how many years later is this? I mean, about 200 years. Um, and it also goes on to say, and I won't just keep spinning a bunch of quotes, but it says, uh, you must use the dark skin slaves versus the light skin slaves and the light skins female slaves versus the dark skin female slaves. So literally right there is what we're discussing in general and talking about in this specific Zoom call. And what I think is lost a lot is the messages that were promulgated and the messages that were pushed out, not only from that time, but that resonated in people's heads for years. And this is where we get into, again, the biases, the stereotypes, et cetera. Because what I was going to say as a marketing student is, and, you know, Jay, what you're referring to earlier, I think it's to be honest with you too. And it's very sad to say this is the media portrays the dark female black woman in a way that I think like, hurts definitely hurts but it's like the first thing that came to my head is like the video if you've seen the black lady with the pots and pans like i ain't gonna get no sleep because of y'all like that's a very like innocent funny like whatever like you know video but when you get into it it's like you know the way that they think that dark females speak or even so more like just the way that they act or like what they wear being ratchet or whatever and like i think to some extent too and then i'll shut up and and i want to hear your guys opinions on that is like really rap culture kind of pushes that even further. And like, I think some, even the female rappers push that further to be quite honest with you and like want to, I don't know if it makes sense to like take pride in obviously who they are, which they need to do, but I think they push that narrative a little bit more as well in their music and what they speak about. And Rhea, I'd love to hear your your opinion on that from obviously being a, a studly producer. Uh, what you see in that working with, um, with female artists and specifically female black artists, but I think it's just the media too. Like this letter was a written form of media back in the day. That was a Twitter post of 1784. You know what I mean? So um it's what people's kids grew up with. And then they taught their kids and kids, kids. And I think, are we all from the South here? Maybe. Well, I think everybody that from the South can speak. That's like deeply woven. And that's, you know, where it gets into like, you know, even if, today, you're not a racist, like there's a pretty good chance that your parents, like your grandparents are like some lineage, some line was, and that's kind of sad, but at least, you know, we're doing what we're doing now.
3: Um, I'm really glad that we're talking about this, because I think this is why it's very important to dig into the history of things. Um, Because I know one argument that a lot of people who are, I guess, against like Black Lives Matter is they talk about oh these things happened in the past like you weren't slaves I wasn't a slave master what's going on like why are you still mad but you have to dig into the history because because of that history there's psychological and generational effects from that um, and without going into the history you won't know that so like prime examples with the Willie the Willie Lynch letter that you guys brought up which is I'd actually never heard of that either. Um, but that's a prime example of literally they were like, if you do this, then it will have this effect for the next 300 years. It's crazy. And it that's crazy. But people don't talk about that. I've never heard of this. I'm 22 years old and I'm a black person. I've never heard of that. Like the history of these things are buried so deep that we have to go out and look for them or we have to share them with each other that's why I'm really glad that Perry shared it with us because I had no idea but um yeah I think this is very very important I'm glad that you guys brought this up
1: and to uh and to to tap on the point that uh Ryan had made before Um, I feel like it's important when you take a look at the music industry, I feel like it's important to understand that there are layers to this because a lot of people just look at the very surface layer and they say, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, everything is wrong here, but you guys are pushing this agenda as well, but it's a much bigger system. It's a much bigger system than that, and so one of the aspects that I tend to talk about because it's a very controversial one for me, and I discussed it with Ty, is the fact that The art that is pushed out. I feel like as an artist, you have a responsibility to understand the power behind words, almost like magic. But I feel like it's very important to understand the power behind words and art, especially when you are releasing it to the masses or spreading it because you don't want to release a toxic energy upon those that are not or don't have full context of the art. So I'll give you a great example. People love Future. Future's cool. I listen to a lot of his music. I've grown up listening to his music. Future has a lot of dark music, but unless you can understand the context of his music and the context that it is given in, you can't receive the fruits of the message. So yeah, you might hear Zanny's Percocets and all of that. You might hear lean and all of that. And that's all you hear. So think about that for a person that has no context. You hear Zanny's, you hear Percocets, you hear lean. Okay, yeah, I'm not feeling that great. Future does it. Yo, maybe this will make my life better. But if you actually dive a little bit deeper and you're actually listening and you can get some context on the art because I get context on it by watching interviews. So I learn about these people. So I feel like it's important to consume art with context because if you consume his art with context, you understand the lessons in it. The lesson is, yo, I did this and I'm expressing it because this is my therapy. The lesson is not, I did this and so you do it too. It's not monkey see, monkey do. So I feel like the the context with the art is something that is lost. And if artists could bridge that, I would love to see that bridged or else as artists, we're just used as another weapon against our own. And that's what you see happening right now. There are a lot of artists that don't know what's going on in a bigger picture in the grand scheme of things. But in the grand scheme of things, Ryan is 100% right. There's an agenda being pushed. And that agenda is being pushed through the energy of art, which is a very powerful energy, very strong. You're where it's a very strong and very powerful manifestation. So a lot of people are manifesting and don't even know it because they're reciting these songs like Bible verses. You feel me? These songs are Bibles, verses. Bibles have verses, songs have verses. So I like a that. lot of this stuff, a lot of this stuff is heavily correlated where we don't realize we make these songs a religion for us when we recite them, when we recite the lyrics, when we pass it on. This is a religion. This is the religion that you're living. And you have to understand what makes it a religion is your actions and interactions with it. Which is why it's so important to understand the context of things. That's why people say, like, yo. You don't want to give a Bible scripture without giving the context around it because I can take a Bible scripture and I can tell you how robbing somebody is a hundred percent just if I pick out just a small portion of the scripture. So it just lets you know, once again, we have the aspect of false prophecy going on, but it's a spinoff of perception because reality is perception or perception is reality in the eye of the perceiver. So you want to be careful with the art that you're consuming and you want to pay attention to the disconnects and how this art and all of these things that are pushing an agenda are traveling across the medium. Because these are things that we need to address and things that we need to talk about. Because a lot of people aren't aware that they're acting upon art without context. And they don't understand what the context could do for them. Whoa. Wow.
4: But uh, the goal of that, like Perry's saying like if we don't understand what we're like what the context is or what the history is, we can't understand the full subject. So think about it. like like Tyree and Jay and Jay and nodded, like we never heard of that really well really shutter. Think about it. think of how much history like that we don't know about or is not taught. We don't have the context or the history of what happened that started all, you know, this this system that we're in now. People are just not realizing the system we're in. They're like, whoa! How did we get here? Well, it started with the stuff like the Woodlands letter that we never learned about. Think about it. if you learned about it, someone would get more content on like conscious about that. Like, Listen, that's not right. We didn't stop it. That would have got cut, or maybe not got cut. Maybe it got slowed down by a couple of people who know, who knew like this isn't right. But because they just erased it from history, no one can stop it because it's just a system we have, and no one questions it. And if someone does try to question it, what happens to them? They disappear. Think about it. Think of how many protesters have mysteriously died, you know, after making making points or making bold statements that brought light to this the flawed system that ran. It's all it's all stuff that's like being hidden. So when we when we have to like delve in and look into our history and learn our history more, you understand why stuff it is why stuff is how it is now. And they try to make sure that like you know, the history isn't taught correctly so that it looks better for the system. Because, you know, a lot of people would think that, like, the system we're in right now is okay. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. That's not because we don't have, you know, the correct, correct history that was taught to us. But I think Perry is very correct, Like, we need to learn the context of what we're in what type of society we're in now, or we will never learn to how to fix it or apply this knowledge that we know now in a better way, if that makes sense.
0: Did you guys hear of... um the Lost Cause it's kind of been circulating around. Basically, <laughs> these Georgia educators, I don't know what year it was, but it was, um, I want to say it was after slavery, um, after the Civil War. But essentially these Georgia quote unquote educators wrote their narrative of the South, the Confederacy, all these things. And in there, like, you could find quotes, they, they essentially say like, plays were, were paid and they were they were treated as guests and all these things and I'm like like <laughs> that's just speaks to like Rashawn and what you guys were saying Perry like th- this is this is a white man's history this is not my history it's I don't it's not even a woman's history any woman because we're not in the story at all type of thing um and also just a side like note I like up until maybe with me like high school but I, I'm sure you guys were surprised too or I don't know. Just the fact that Jesus and all like, of Christianity are portrayed as white people, like they have white skin, in all the pictures, all the romanticized pictures, I'm like, Jesus had, he had my hair, probably. I mean, probably my, my skin, tone. you know? it's. I feel like it's, it's a very dangerous narrative. Just like Perry was saying, it's very dangerous for us to think that maybe darker skinned people aren't included in the bible black people are included in the bible aren't can't be holy you can you can walk a dangerous line on that with that i think
1: quick question for all of you guys on here you guys know what jack daniels is right sure. did you guys know that jack daniels the original recipe was created by a black man yes yes
0: sure.
1: yes that recipe was actually taken and whoever takes credit for it now, they stole that recipe. But that was a black man's recipe. The black man created Jack Daniels, the drink that people drink and they love, and you see it on the commercials. Yeah, that was a black man's recipe. Wow. I hate it's so, it's crazy, so much. Right?
4: Like, like I remember, I saw like one. It was a TikTok. It was like living a life about that any inventions made by black people, and it was like a bunch of stuff like you did you could have like mail, GPS. Yeah. Uh, like it was like it's stuff that. And when you think about it, you never learned that black people have made a lot of this stuff that is, like, very prevalent in today's society. Oh, um, Ryan, right, wrap this up. <laughs>
2: hey, well, look, you know, this is – I got to do it fast, so just thoughts calm. I appreciate everybody for tuning in. We're going to talk about this more next time. This is some really interesting and in-depth topic, and if you guys haven't gotten the message by episode three now, there are some brilliant-ass people in here. Sorry I cursed you, so be it. I'll bleep it. There are some really smart and intelligent people, and I really challenge you to take a look at the fact that it doesn't matter what you look like and stop judging people. Based on that, everybody in here is beautiful, smart, and intelligent, and we can go on for hours. That's all I have to say. Tune in for the next episode. I appreciate everybody for taking time out of their busy schedules. We love you all. We are Clarity. Stay blessed.